It's green for go, they're racing. He says go, he says Tara, and Tiger Tara roars away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race, the rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Sprint Lane Podcast. Paul Cochran with you here at Tabcorp Park, Benangle. An absolute stunner of a day. It was a little bit Tasmanian earlier in the day. It was a little bit fresh, and for that reason, I've got the connections of Magician, the Tasmanian slot holder, with me. I've got Andrew Jenkins to see. I've got Neil Gross on the board at Tasmania and on HR, and I've got Todd Ratray, who's the driver and trainer of Magician. Welcome, guys. Great to have you in Sydney. Fantastic to be here. Beautiful day, isn't it? Oh, Paul, welcome to Just spring. like home? Mate, this is uh, absolutely, <laughs> this is Hobart every morning, mate. Uh, sun's out, shining, grass is green. It's terrific, isn't it? It's even better in Longford, isn't it, Todd? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, hey, fantastic day. Fantastic day to be here. Uh, this event, it just feels like the hype is really building, is it, Neil? I mean, as a, as a director on the board of HRA, you must be excited about this oh, project look, as well. Absolutely. I mean, harness racing for most people is about participation and winning. Like, everyone wants to get into a horse. And then when they're in a horse, they want to win one, win a race, then win lots of races, and then win a big race. And now we've got the biggest race in the world, and everyone wants to win it. And you can see the precinct starting to really like take shape. I haven't been here for a couple of days, so to walk in today, and you're greeted by all the banners, and it's got that big race kind of feel to it. We're here at the retention bar just outside the door, and we can see all the elite of Australian racing coming in and out and doing track work this morning. Uh, you can tell that we're 24 hours away from something really special. You can you can feel the presence of these horses. Like these are the best horses in the world, right here. Um, and it's from a HRA point of view to bring them all together, have this amazing amount of prize money. But also from a Tasmanian point of view, like we're on the big big stage too. Like we want to share this aspiration where we want to play with the best, and eventually we want to be the best. But we've got to have that pathway through. And for us, this is the starting point. Oh, well, there's a challenge for you, Andrew, the CEO of Tasmanian Racing. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. KPI have been set right there. <laughs> that, that's all right. That's right. No pressure. Thanks, Neil. Uh, but no, it is. It's absolutely terrific. It was a really easy decision for us to invest in the in the slot. And as Neil's um, alluded to, we want to provide a level of aspiration for our harness participants and uh, and our owners to to be on the big stage. And you know, Todd and um, and Team Rattray are a really good example of that with the um, the magician. And important not to forget, we've also got the howlets are up here with Mickey O, who's uh, an emergency at this stage for the stockade which is a hundred thousand dollar race in and of itself um, but mickey will go around in race one and uh, pretty good chance in that one as well so look it's a, a great tassie contingent up here we're all having a great time and uh, again as neil said these are the best horses going around anywhere so to um, have our guys involved and have the opportunity to breed for it and, and buy for it uh, uh, and uh, and buy for it for years two and three it's just unreal Toddy, it's uh, we've seen a, a Rat Ray Tasmanian invasion have land a, a big a big fish here on this very track before, mate. Uh, how are you feeling uh, going into a race? How does it feel to be part of it? To be suiting up a horse? To be driving in it? I mean, it's it's all you, mate. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bit nervous and uh, excited too, really. Um, just to be in a race like this, it's um, yeah, it's a big thrill, and um, hopefully we can be in the top half of the field. Tell us about the horse, mate. What, what do you love about Magician? Um, he's, he's sort of learning how to how to be a racehorse, really. Um, I, I don't think he's there yet, but, um, yeah, I think in time to come he'll, he'll make a horse. But, um, yeah, the, the race is now, so he's got to be ready now. So, um, 
Like he's pretty strong, um, but the way he trialled the other day, like he, they ran a 26 quarter and he was getting home too. So, um, yeah, hopefully he settles in all right and be in the race. Fantastic. Um, Andrew, the, each of the slot holders have gone about how they've suited up or decided on their horse in a different way. Tasmania was very firm and, you know, it's a winner-takes-all process with the Bowtide race. Um, that's worked out really well. You probably got the best horse in that particular race came through and has filled the slot as well. Yeah, look, very much so, Paul. And uh, look, that was a, a tight finish in and of itself. There was, of course, the magician saluted, but uh, Mickey O, of course, right in the in the finish there. And eighty thousand dollar race uh, and the bow tied. I mean, wow, what a what a runner, mm. absolute superstar. I think it was nineteen wins from forty one starts, a lazy two point one million dollars in in prize money um, himself, and of course two interdoms back in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. So um, I think that's been particularly well received by uh, a lot of people that have been involved in Harness in Tassie over the, the journey. It's a really fitting name for the qualifying race and um, certainly back at home, everyone really got behind that race, um, let alone having the opportunity to, to come up here and compete on Saturday night. So um, the whole concept and the, the lead up has been uh, really, really great for Tassie Harness Racing. I've got to say, I, my, my lens on it, when, it, when we found out that it was a winner-takes-all, win the slot, I thought, gee, there must be some nervous energy around that because we're a sport that sometimes things can, can go wrong. A horse might get held up or the horse might gallop or whatever and you could get a 100-to-1 pop and suddenly you're stuck with maybe not the best horse. I mean, it worked out, the cards fell your way, but... Just tell us what was the feeling in the lead up to it. Was any of that running through your mind? Yeah, look, it really was. That, that that's the risk, as you yeah. say, when it's a, a winner take all race. You never quite know, and uh, it, it's racing. Anything can can happen. But look, we we rolled the dice, and at the end of the day, we're talking about elite level competitive sports. So hey, you win the lead up race, you uh, you get the slot, and here we are. Yeah, because John Singleton's slot went a different way, where we said, well, we're going to just in case that happens, we're going to make it up to. You know, up to discretion, really. So not necessarily the winner gets the slot. Was that ever yeah. a thought? No, look, it it wasn't. We had a panel that selected uh, the uh, the runners in the bow tide, but uh, gee whiz, I tell you what, I wouldn't want to be sitting on the panel um, if it wasn't the winner of the bow tide that got a run in the Eureka. So I thought, no, I want no part of that. Let's just go with first across the line. Thanks very much. So what was the pressure, Todd? I mean, that's a that's a horse named after the the you know we've just talked about bow tide, such a, a superstar and a champion on this very track. Um, you know, your family steeped in history with, you know, with Tasmanian racing, you know, got a, a piece of history here. What was the nervous energy like going into that race? Thinking, yeah. gee, I've got to deliver here. Yeah, it was probably the nervous I've ever been, really. Um, obviously, Bowtide's the family horse, and um, what he did was tr just terrific for us. And, um, yeah, the pressure was on, and uh, I got a good run in the finish, Um uh, and he got over the line, which was good. But um, yeah, oh, I was excited after that race. So I reckon. I reckon that there's probably more pressure on that race than there is in this one. Oh, uh, right. Uh, yeah, probably. But more um, pressure to get the slot. Yeah, yeah. The slot was. Uh, I suppose he was favourite in that too. Like, um, yeah, and he's not the best horse to drive. So yeah, everything sort of had to go his way anyway. Yeah. So um, that yeah, there's pressure, uh, pressure on this race and then that race. So all right. Well, you said that magicians still are probably a progressive horse like still learning the trade and you know but clearly delivering you know when it matters in a, in a race sense um yeah this is different gravy leap to fame you know catch a wave you know we've got you know multiple group one champions right there you know captain ravishing and then you've got the local you know ultimate ronnie that's done quite well here so you know there's a range of horses that magician hasn't taken on and, and had to 
go up against so far. Then you throw this track into the mix. You know, it's such a beast, this track. It's a long way home when they turn the corner. Tell us how all those factors come into play and, and how Magician can, can sort of put that in the melting pot and then deliver a race plan. I think what would help in this track, he's, he's a big horse and he um, hangs in and out and all that, so the track should help him. And, um, yeah, the times he's been running at home with James's horses, like he's, he's sort of up there with them and he's got some couple of nice ones. So um, I think if everything goes right and he's right in himself, he should be, you know, in a top midfield. Okay. We don't see you here very often, but your brother's obviously a staple here on the on the track here and does very well. Um, I assume you've probably you know picked his brain a little bit about you know, what what can and can't go wrong here and how to best deliver a, a race result on this track. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've sort of gone through the field and we've gone through the race and the, how the track might be and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, we're, we've been talking all week about it really and. Um, he just tells me to, you know, don't be nervous. Just, just wait and get your options, and um, yeah, just see what happens. Okay, Neil, how how proud are you, mate? Tasmania's got a got a seat at the table on, on the big dance. Um, as as a proud Tasmanian, like extraordinarily proud. Um, but also for the future of Tasmanian harness racing, because we talk about the bow tied and and the winner and just beating Mickey O, but there were three exceptional horses in that field, like Dugowie and Nyack and Corrado Artemis, who will be up, one of those three will probably be here next year. And if you think about a horse like Dugowie, he broke at the start of the Bowtide and finished so close. Like, and he's a three-year-old with so much potential. And that's what makes me really proud is that Tasmanian Harness Racing Fraternity is, is looking now at what do we breed because we want to win this thing. Yep. We want not just win the Bowtide, but we want to be on this big stage. So it's really that, that future of Tasmanian Harness Racing and knowing that, you know, we can do it. We're not just the little state down the bottom of Australia. You know, we're part of Australian harness racing and we're quite happy to punch with the big boys. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. What about the logistics of getting the horse here, Todd Block? Because you've got that extra challenge of, you know, getting a horse across water as well. And Does that throw anything into the mix for you? Uh, yeah, he travelled up all right yeah. from the boat. So, um, yeah, he's settled in all right. We sent one with him, so um, he sort of was settled because he had a friend with him. But uh, once he got to James's, he was pretty good and... Um, yeah, settled in all right and worked good and all that. So, and he trialed good. So, um, just when he got into the retention money, he was a bit wound up and that. But uh, he's got his friend out the back now, so hopefully he'll be right. Yeah, fantastic. I guess um, Andrew, with the the slot in itself, we've had you know we talked to other slot holders about the wheeling and dealing, the negotiations, the little you know lobbying and campaigning that went on, and the contracts that gets on. None of that drama with you. Winner takes all. Pretty straightforward system. Yeah. You um, you get the prize money. You, you get your horse in, and you get the prize money. So, uh, yeah, very 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 simple, and, and we think that's a great way to get some money back into um, Tasra, um, Tasmanian harness racing. So, yeah, we kept kept it simple, and um, away you go. So, I think um, yeah, Todd and the team are uh, looking forward to a a big Saturday night. No matter where they they run, there's going to be a, a good paycheck coming out of it. And um, again, that's the great thing about Tas Racing making the investment in uh, in the slot and being able to participate in the race so it's uh, no it's really terrific and um just picking up on todd saying the horse has got his mate here with him you were saying um todd that they've been yelling out to each other in the in the barn <laughs> as well and just checking in making sure they're all they're both okay yeah that's it um yeah they, they're pretty pretty he's pretty nervous so um yeah he's uh found a mate which is good and settled in so oh it's fantastic um what does race day look like for you mate what how do we how do we go about because it's yeah you, it's a long day 
Long, long day to wait to race. How yeah. does it look like? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah, sort of probably won't do too much with him tomorrow and, um, yeah, sort of try and get him settled as quick as quick as I can and um, probably spend as much time as I can so just to make sure he's right and um, probably have to get rid of myself there and, uh, yeah, just watch a few races, go with James and talk about the races and uh, see how things happen and... Um, yeah, hope, hopefully we'll be right. How do you get a word out of him? <laughs> hey? he's, he's all right talking to me. <laughs> His race plan would <laughs> be about three words, yeah, James. <laughs> pretty much. Oh, it's m- mainly me. I don't, I don't talk much at all. But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, James is pretty good to me, so we'll, we'll yeah. be right. Yeah, you can't bag him in this public forum. <laughs> hey, what a, what a, what a, mo- a magic moment it's going to be, not only the BN race, but gee, if you could land it. Has that Tasmanian AFL team, they absolutely locked in the name of their team yet? Maybe they could be the, the Tasmanian magicians or something like that, if he can land the win. Well, they, they could have merit in that. <laughs> could absolutely have merit in that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Burgeoning brand. Um, fantastic over here, guys. Um, regardless of the result, just being part of it, I, I think, is, is a wonderful thing for Australian racing, to have a, um, a Tasmanian presence in it. But just the night, it's got a as you said at the top, it's got a feel to it. You can feel it building and, you know, front row at Birds of Tokyo, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm actually seeing him in Hobart in another couple of weeks. So, oh, um, groupie. We've yeah. got a groupie right here. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd asked me three weeks ago who they were, I probably wouldn't have been able to tell you. But, uh, no, really looking forward to that. But that's part of the, yeah. part of the whole thing. You know, it's, it's part of that entertainment of racing. Like, yeah. it's not just the racing. It's everything that wraps around it. And the people here at Manangle and HRA, you know, Andrew Kelly have done an amazing job at creating the event. So, yes, it's a race. Yes, it's the richest harness race in the world. But everything that wraps around it really just adds to the atmosphere, adds to the spectacle. People will still be talking about this in time for next year's race. Oh, they will. They will. All right. Well, we're just, right now we're standing under perfect blue sky. Let's, fingers crossed, about another 36 hours or so we can make sure that we race in fair weather. I'm sure you've got it organised, mate. Jeez, oh, I don't have that much pull around here. <laughs> I don't, don't. But um, what, I, what I have been able to manage to do is get three fine gentlemen on this podcast. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Go well. Really great to see you here. And, um, you know, I hope, hope everything, everything works out well. And can't wait to see how this slot evolves over the three-year journey. Yeah, you got it for for the Eureka because it's, it's fantastic. All Take right. it home to Tassie one day, mate. You don't you worry at all. Well, I am not ruling it out. Not ruling it out because you're certainly a powerhouse when it comes to Australian racing. Uh, everyone listening, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, the build up to the Tab Eureka is really really uh, ramping up. It is going to be a night to remember. There's no doubt about it. It is um, it is something that is here to stay. It is taking Australian harness racing, world harness racing by storm. The world's richest race, two point one million dollars. Up for grabs. Not long now. Can't wait to see it play out. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the Sprint Lane.